Sheila Fogarty on LBC. I have waited a year uh, to hear an American, any American, so thankfully it's the President of the United States, describe in the boldest, simplest terms what happened on Capitol Hill and in the Capitol building a year ago today when uh, thousands of Trump supporters and others, some people there with all kinds of motivations, I guess, um, stormed the Capitol building and attempted to overrun it and attempted to harm the politicians and the police officers inside it and around it. I've waited a year to hear someone in public really take it as seriously and describe it as seriously as it actually was. And it seems to me that the speech that we've just heard, not quite over yet, uh, the speech that Joe Biden is still giving on Capitol Hill, uh, preceded by the Vice President uh, Kamala Harris, is that speech. He's clearly furious. Uh, and uh, I'm not even American and I was furious watching and he's clearly furious. Uh, he is trying to appeal to uh, sections of conservative America and just the American people as a whole to use the evidence of their eyes when they make an assessment of what happened on that day, not to listen to conspiracy theories, not to listen to fake news, not to listen to Donald Trump. And he had some very personal direct messages for Donald Trump about his failure to accept the outcome of that election um, a year ago, uh, just over a year ago now. You can't only love your country when you win, uh, was his message, one of his messages to uh, Donald Trump. Let's talk to Simon Marks, LBC's Washington correspondent about this speech, which uh, I understand is about to come to an end. But I, I think we, in that 20 minutes or so that we heard there, Simon, we got a very... Uh, powerful speech, I think, from, from the president. Yeah, no question. I mean, he's finally taken the gloves off. I think there will be some uh, Democrats and others who wonder why it's taken so long for him to take the gloves off, but they are firmly off in this speech. While we were uh, listening to the news headlines there, Donald uh, Joe Biden made the point that Donald Trump's uh, supporters a year ago today were literally, as he put it, defecating in the hallways of Congress uh, and could not possibly uh, call them themselves patriots. Take a listen to another uh, excerpt of the remarks that the president uh, has just made up on Capitol Hill. You can't love your country only when you win. You can't obey the law only when it's convenient. You can't be patriotic when you embrace and enable lies. Those who storm this Capitol and those who instigated and incited and those who called on them to do so held a dagger at the throat of America and American democracy. They didn't come here out of patriotism or principle. They came here in rage, not in service of America, but rather in service of one man. Those who incited the mob, the real plotters who were desperate to deny the certification of this election, defy the will of the voters. And what is so interesting about this speech that Joe Biden is making is that while its focus is relentlessly, of course, on the events of a year ago today, uh, at about this time a year ago, President Trump was preparing to address that crowd of supporters on Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania Avenue, lie to them when he told them that Vice President Mike Pence had the power that day to block Joe Biden's election victory, then lie to them again when he told them that he was going to 
to march with them to Capitol Hill. In fact, he turned on his tail and headed back to the White House where he watched uh, everything uh, unfold. In the words today of his former press secretary, Stephanie Grisham, grinning like a Cheshire cat as he sat in the Oval Office watching those scenes play out. While Biden's focus today is absolutely on the events of 365 days ago, this speech has also been a clarion speech in which Joe Biden has dis- defended his own legitimacy, defended the legitimacy of the outcome of the 2020 election. And it's important to focus on that because the White House absolutely is reflecting uh, opinion polls that only this week showed that more than 30% of American voters and more than 70% of Republican voters say they still doubt that Joe Biden legitimately won the 2020 presidential election fair and square. So this speech was as much about condemning the events of a year ago and the utter abnegation of Donald Trump's leadership uh, on that day and in the days uh, after it, as it is about defending the legitimacy of Joe Biden's own administration. He's trying to smother any efforts that Donald Trump intends to make or Donald Trump's supporters intend to make to control the presidential candidacy of the Republican Party in 2024. The question is going to be whether that effort is going to succeed. Uh, Joe Biden has very little juice with Republican Party supporters and voters, obviously, but it's very clear today that he is trying to smother Donald Trump's attempted comeback. He he also turned his fire um, on sections, anyway, of the Republican Party, didn't he? He talked about no president has ever rejected the will of the American people. Some courageous Republicans are up- upholding the outcome of that election. Too many others seem to reject Lincoln, Eisen, the party of Lincoln, Eisenhower, Reagan, the Bushes. And he's standing there in that uh, room called the Statuary, surrounded by statues of the likes of Abraham Lincoln. I mean, he couldn't be placing himself visually more firmly in America and its constitution, could he? In, oh, oh, in, both, posi- both in terms of his physical position and the words that just came out of his mouth. Absolutely. In terms of his physical position, he is making this speech in the cradle of American democracy. The, uh, the cradle of American democracy that was attacked 365 days ago. He cited uh, rioters uh, marauding through the hallways, carrying the Confederate flag Flag. That's the flag of the American South, a symbol for many Americans of absolutely polarizing uh, racial divisions. He said that didn't even happen during the Civil War. And he's absolutely trying to drive a wedge between moderate Republicans, of whom certainly up on Capitol Hill there aren't that many left these days, uh, and the extremists who orchestrated that march by uh, the president's conspiracy theory believing supporters a year ago. Uh, and you can see the bind in which some sort of traditional Republicans, and I use that phrase cautiously because, you know, several years ago we used to think of Mitch McConnell, now the Republican leader in the US Senate, as a bit of a conservative right-wing maverick. Now uh, he seems like he's one of the last uh, quote-unquote moderate Republicans standing, certainly a traditionalist in terms of his desire to defend the Constitution. So he's put out a statement today calling the events of last year a dark day for Congress. Congress and our country, uh, saying that the building was stormed by criminals, a a disgraceful scene that was antithetical to the rule of law, but... 
He then goes uh. on to say, it is stunning to see some Washington Democrats try to exploit this anniversary to advance partisan policy goals that long predated this event. He says it is jaw-dropping to hear Democrats invoke the mob's attempt to disrupt our country's norms, rules and institutions as a justification to discard our norms, rules and institutions uh, themselves. Which, uh, which so, laws and rules and institutions is he alluding to then? Well, I think that's a very interesting question. I mean, this is part and parcel of the argument that uh, the Biden administration is through a variety of its efforts, including some of those to control COVID-19, uh, riding roughshod on traditional American uh, principles of freedom uh, and uh, allowing uh, a, uh, a broader <coughs> view of the executive to develop than previous Democrats and in power uh, have adopted. But you can see in that statement the bind in which Mitch McConnell finds himself between his own personal uh, commitment to trying to uphold constitutional democracy, but as the leader of a party that has certainly in the House of Representatives and in some reaches of the Senate, and of course down Mar-a-Lago way, moved in a completely different direction. You know, it was a year ago when we were doing live coverage of the events on Capitol Hill uh, during Ian's programme mm. uh, that, uh, that I was first making the point that, you know, this seemed to be the moment at which the Republican Party as a unitary force in American politics uh, was under real threat. And you can see that again today. And, and Joe Biden, by attempting to drive that wedge, is seeking to exploit that. And I must admit, Simon, you know, as I was watching it on television a year ago um, in the evening uh, during a lockdown, you know. Um, oh, no, it wasn't a lockdown by then, was it? But anyway, I was... No, I was we weren't quite... We, we, we weren't quite... No, we weren't not in... Oh, no, we were. We were in January. garage, so we must have been locked down. No, I was in my mother's house. Same here. Anyway, I, I was watching it and thinking... I was thinking of our conversations over the previous four years, many of them, and how... Uh, you know, th there was, uh, God, if, if we think that we in the UK were split uh, down the middle about Trump, because, or certainly in the kind of conversations I used to have on air about him, you know, the, 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 it, that was a pretty strong split between people who were pro-Trump, people who were anti-Trump. And in America, for all the fine words, and, and I think they are fine words that, that, that Biden has just said there, and, and, and you know, I'm, I'm of course, uh, you know, in a sense, a, a willing audience to those words. Whereas in America, the problem for America is that there are many millions for whom that will fall on very deaf ears, very hardened hearts, and the next election battle is going to be some battle and I wonder your reflections given the kind of conversations that you and I had about Donald Trump have people taken him seriously enough or, or were people too soft on exactly what he was trying to do to America because it seems to me that what happened in Capitol Hill was very nearly and in part it was the the sum the summit really of of what he was attempting to do yeah, the summit of what he was attempting to do so far, because mm, I don't think mm. that Donald Trump at all thinks that his story or the story of his supporters is by any means over. Uh, look, I mean, I think that, first of all, before Joe Biden started speaking, we heard that speech from Vice President Kamala Harris, who introduced him, and she spoke uh, at least twice during that speech about the fragility of American democracy. 
and Joe Biden's speech and the excerpts of it that the White House released earlier today were absolutely aimed at trying to get Americans to understand the scale of the threat that this country absolutely still faces to its core democratic traditions and institutions. And there is a bit of a contradiction between uh, going public as they've done today and reminding not just everybody in the United States but around the world that American democracy is still dangling by a thread and the Joe Biden who just a few weeks ago was convening a uh, conference, a summit of democracies uh, and insisting that democracies have still got it going on, they can deliver for their people and they absolutely can win the battle for primacy in the 21st century uh, against autocratic states like Russia and China. I mean, there is an internal contradiction there. Uh, on the one hand, insisting that democracy is so strong that it can absolutely be the dominant political approach on the world stage. But on the other hand, yeah. going to <clears throat> Capitol Hill today and saying to Americans, we have got work to do well, yeah. if we're going to shore this up. But I suppose the point, that, thank you Simon, I suppose the point that Kamala Harris was making that democ is, is that democracy to survive always has that work to do. It's just got to pull a bit harder at the moment because of certain global pressures and, and certain individuals, including, not exclusively, but including Donald Trump. Thanks Simon. Simon Marks, LBC's Washington correspondent.